Hello and welcome to My Faculty Podcast by Walden University, created to provide further professional development and conversation around topics relevant to faculty interests. This podcast is brought to you by the Center for Faculty Excellence. In today's podcast, we have doctors Tara Gallian, Kirsten Lupinski, and Shelley Armstrong discussing how to manage energy rather than your time as they provide tips for stress reduction and job production. Let's tune in now. Hello there and welcome to our um, podcast for today, Manage Your Energy, Not Your Time, Tips for Stress Reduction and Job Production. The presenters today will be um, Dr. Tara Gallian, Dr. Kirsten Lipinski, and Dr. Shelley Armstrong, all from the undergraduate program in the School of Health Sciences. A few things that we would like to get let you um, know the outcomes of our session today. The first one, assessing your personal stress and energy levels, which we will talk about in a little bit and have you all look at your stress and energy levels throughout the day. Create an energy schedule to help you manage your personal stress. This will um, be different for everyone, an individualized schedule that we would like you to put together by the end of our our session today. And the last one, implement stress and energy strategies throughout the day. And we will be talking about various um, stress and energy um, strategies that you can implement um, that will fit into your personal lifestyle. I'm going to turn it over to Tara to get the the program started. Hello, thank you. Um, Before we get started, I just want you to, I'm going to ask you a couple questions and I want you to maybe just briefly think about them. Um, So the first question is, do you take scheduled breaks during the workday? Just think about that. Uh, You probably don't have to think about it um, very much. Do you eat lunch at your desk? Do you check your email constantly, like multiple times per hour during the workday or during your days off? Do you work through low energy levels? So um, are you feeling really tired or just can't think straight, but you just keep pushing through it? So do you work through low energy levels? And do you multitask during your meetings, like checking email, just looking at your phone, et cetera. So just think about a couple of those things because our presentation is going to be related to um, some of the information that's in these questions. And I will... Hi everyone. So the questions that Tara just mentioned are related to energy management, not necessarily time management. And there's really a big difference between the two. Considering we work in higher education, most of us probably have solid, if not really impressive time management skills. But how does this impact our ability to sustain? How does it impact our ability to be productive, to achieve our university's five strategic pillars? How does it impact our ability to be fully on throughout our workday? I personally struggled with this Uh, this past year due to a heavy workload and constant demands. As a doer, I just thought I can do more, I can schedule more, I can put in more time. But physiologically, that doesn't happen. My 
body, my mind, and my spirit were rebelling against me. I left each day feeling exhausted and unaccomplished. There are only so many hours in the day, so we really have to forget about time management and start focusing more on energy management. In order to recharge yourself, we have to first think about the costs of energy depleting behaviors. Um, within the files of our podcast, there will be an energy crisis audit. And these will highlight our greatest energy deficits. Uh, we also provide access to three different stress assessments. Uh, one that is uh, that targets administrators or people in leadership roles and the various um, indicators of stress in those positions. There's another assessment that is uh, regarded to type A faculty behaviors. And then the third one is a life stress inventory. So for the purposes of this podcast, we ask that you do complete the energy audit as well as at least one of the stress, stress assessments, if not two of them. The energy audit um, is really the basic of understanding uh, the dimensions of wellness and how energy depleting behaviors impact our workday and our career. Are we, um, are we feeling physically low energy? Do we have mental low stamina? What about intellectual production? And what about our spiritual energy? So we have to look at the, these different areas of well-being that Tara and Kirsten will discuss in a few moments, um, and also figure out our ultradian rhythms. So these are going to be 90 to 120 minute cycles during which our bodies slowly move from high energy to physiological low energy states. Toward the end of each cycle, our bodies crave, crave recovery. And the signs are restlessness, yawning, hunger, lack of concentration. What happens is that because of high demands and workload, we continue to press through. We try to work through these low periods. But the consequence is that our energy reservoir or our remaining capacity, it burns down as the day wears on. When we schedule intermittent breaks during our low energy states, we result in higher and more sustainable performance. So here's an example of our ultradian rhythms. And you can see that we naturally progress through these cycles of high performance, where we have large mental capacity, we are on, we can uh, be creative, we can get tasks done, we have high alert, uh, high ability to review what's need to be reviewed, to focus on what needs to be focused on. And then as that energy wanes um, due to the amount of stress that those type of activities have on us, we require a healing response. On this chart, they are highlighted um, in the 20 minute green areas where we physiologically need these renewals. The key is that we don't have to work more. We don't have to put in more hours, but we have to work smarter. So the length of renewal is really less as important as the quality of the activity. 
And that means something to that means something different to each person. What type of activity is best to, to get back to these high performance levels? But it is really possible to generate a ton of energy in a very short period of time, even just a few minutes. The key is you have to truly disengage from work. So breaks are often viewed as countercultural in many organizations. They're also viewed as counterintuitive for many high achievers, but the value is very multifaceted. So how can we do this? After assessing our energy audits and our ultradian rhythms, we have to move into creating a new energy enhancing schedule. So an example of my old schedule is on the left. And you can see that the first thing I used to do beginning my workday was to jump onto email. And to be honest, I never shut it off. I would schedule back to back to back meetings. I would check email frequently throughout those meetings, throughout the day, throughout the evening and the weekend. I typically left my priority project, which on this slide here is a course review scheduled from one to three in the afternoon. I would typically leave those toward the end of the day. But what happened is I didn't have the mental stamina to complete that priority project with a very immediate deadline. I would leave the day frustrated, I would leave the day feeling unaccomplished, and I would leave the day feeling exhausted. So I really had to take a um, hard look at my ultradian rhythms and figure out my high performing periods of the day. And this typically takes a few weeks to get a good understanding of when you perform highest and when you need to schedule your breaks in order to increase your energy and continue to be productive. As you can see by the schedule on the right side, my new schedule, uh, based on my high energy in the morning, I schedule my priority project time during those first almost two hours where I am uninterrupted. I let my supervisor and my team know that I'm working, but this is an immediate project that has to be completed. I won't have my phone on, I won't have my text messaging on, I don't have my email on. I am fully concentrating, I am fully focused on this priority project that needs to be completed. Once that is over, I can already leave the morning feeling accomplished. Um, and then I take about a 15 minute break, I leave my workplace, I go outside in nature, and I do deep breathing exercises. Just a few minutes, 10, 15 minutes maximum. I come back in, I get back into my, uh, my mandatory meetings, um, and I do schedule a lunch break where I used to eat lunch at my desk during meetings. Now I make sure that I schedule a few minutes to leave my desk, eat outside, listen to some uplifting music. I continue to have back-to-back -back meetings in the afternoon, but I again make sure to schedule a 10, 10, uh, 10 to 15 minute session for stretching, meditation, and then at the end of the day, I leave two hours to focus on emails. And again, I focus on those without, un without interruptions. I'm not doing them during my meetings. I'm not trying to respond to them during my priority project. Um, and this was difficult for me because I felt like I was shifting um, eight hours on email into two, but I'm able to get them done because I'm not multitasking. 
So the key is that by taking these brief but regular breaks at very specific intervals throughout the workday away from your desk, the value is immeasurable and it's very much grounded in our physiology. In the next section, we will discuss in more detail the four energy areas that um, were mentioned earlier, physical energy, emotional energy, mental energy, spiritual energy. energy. Um, and we will also discuss a fifth um, energy area, career energy, that is affected by the other four um, areas. The first energy that I'm gonna talk about today is the physical energy. Um, enhancing sleep, how are ways that we can enhance our sleep? Um, going to bed early, staying on a sleep schedule, limiting the alcohol intake during the night is another way to enhance your sleep schedule, ensuring that you get those seven to eight hours of suggested sleep each night. Um, exercise is another way. Are you getting the recommended aerobic um, exercise of three times per week and strength training for one time a week? What are some ways you can incorporate exercise into your lifestyle? Um, eating small meals and light snacks. Thinking about how you feel after you have a big, heavy meal, what that does to you for the rest of the afternoon, if you have, one at, have a big meal at lunch or if you have a big meal in the evening, how you feel at nighttime. So making sure that you're getting smaller meals in order to sustain your energy throughout the day. Noticing the signs of decreased energy. What are some signs you could look for during the day? Are you starting to yawn? Do you have trouble concentrating? Are you becoming restless? Do you just kind of feel blah during the day? When do these things happen and when can you change your energy cycle and when can you increase your levels of energy? Um, and then the, the last one being taking, break, taking a brief but regular break during the day. Um, and Shelly had mentioned earlier that every 90 minutes to two hours, taking a break or doing something different um, that helps you understand um, going for a walk, um, releasing some energy, yoga, things that we're going to talk about during the day, but taking regular breaks. The next thing that I'm going to talk about is your emotional energy. How can you diffuse the negative emotions that you have? And um, there's different ways that we can work at this in, belly breathing, um, to help reduce the anxiety, irritability, impatience, um, those type of things that we have during the day. Those are different ways we could do it. Expressing appreciation is one thing that could help not just you, the person expressing the appreciation, but then the person that you're expressing the appreciation to. And this is simply just something as little as a thank you. Write a, write a note to someone. Write an email to someone. Just, you know, tell them when you see them, hey, thank you for even the smallest little thing. It makes not you, not just you feel better, but then the other person feel better too. Um, looking at things through different lenses. We've all heard before, you know, look at it through that other person's eyes, see how they would feel during the situation. So when you do have situations with another person, um, think about what the other person is feeling. What, what is their point of view? How are they right in this situation? Um, and that's kind of like your reverse lens. The next kind of lens would be a long lens being, um, how would you view this situation in six months? So six months down the road, is this particular situation going to be um, as important as it would be? And those type of things. So looking at it from a long-term long -term lens. And the last type of lens is a wide lens. How can you grow from this? So if you 
take the lens out outward what has happened how can you grow from it what are things that you have learned during this um and again deep breathing which we kind of talked about we put in the first and the other one about having different ways to um, work this into your schedule and practicing these different things that would help with your emotional energy and then i'm going to turn it back over to talk about the mental energy the mind and our mental energy is the third energy area. Many of us multitask in our jobs and even in our personal lives. Um, but as most of us know, trying to juggle multiple things at one time can actually undermine productivity. Just a temporary shift in attention from one task to another, like stopping to check your email or take a phone call, can increase the amount of time um, that you need to actually finish the task that you originally started. In fact, it can increase the amount of time by as much as 25%. This phenomenon is known as switching time. And many of us do this. It is more efficient to actually focus on the 90 to 120 minutes um, that Shelly mentioned earlier in the podcast and then take a true break and then move on to the next activity with full attention. Some tips for um, enhancing your mental energy include reducing interruptions by performing like high concentration tasks um, but keeping them away from your phones and your emails responding to voicemail and emails um, during a designated time um, like shelly did in the schedule that she discussed earlier every night maybe identify the most important challenging thing that you need to do the next day and then make that your first priority when you arrive um, at work or if you're working from home when you get ready to work in the morning. Again, knowing what your schedule is, your energy schedule though, um, will be important because everybody's energy cycle is slightly different. For some people, the morning is when they most, they have their most energy. And for some people, it might be later in the afternoon. So knowing your energy cycle can help you prioritize um, your your mental energy. The fourth um, area is spiritual energy. The human spirit gives our energy meaning and purpose. People tend to tap into the energy of the human spirit when their work and daily activities are consistent with what they really value most in their lives. And it gives them a sense of meaning and purpose. Generally, the more you value the work you do, the more positive the energy, the better the focus, and actually greater perseverance. This area of energy relies heavily on the other areas, so it's not recommended that you actually start with your spiritual energy. Um, it's good to build a routine with the other three, your physical energy, your mental energy, and your emotional energy before you um, begin to work on your spiritual energy. And as you develop those other areas, this area will strengthen. So a couple tips for enhancing, enhancing your spiritual energy. Identify your sweet spot activities. So those are the activities that give you feelings of effectiveness, effortlessness, fulfillment. And if you can, find ways to do more of these things, whether it's in your work, which is an important um, part of your life, you spend a large Part of your day working but also in your personal life as well allocate time and energy to what you consider most important and 
a very important aspect of spiritual energy is living your core values. And it comes back to what we talked about before, that if you value something and it gives you a sense of meaning and purpose, you're actually going to have a more positive energy to accomplish that. Finally, we wrap all of this up into our career energy. So we have many demands and how do we achieve all of them? Uh, many of these are, are addressed through the tips and techniques that Tara and Kirsten just mentioned. But as leaders, as supervisors, as administrators, as program directors, we have to have conversations with our team. And we can't just expect more hours, more time be put in. But, but our greatest production from our team comes with encouraging and supporting renewal time. Really allowing our employees and our colleagues to take a few minutes to relax and refuel. To eat lunch away from desks. Uh, we need to start suggesting that people stop checking emails during meetings. Um, even expressing appreciation, as we call positive leadership, uh, that helps support our career energy. We want to have conversations with our team and also understand the need for reduced interruptions. We also want to make sure that everyone understands each other's schedules, our energy schedules, once they're created. Um, so, for example, Kirsten keeps me accountable on my schedule that I shared with you earlier in this podcast. Um, if I'm blasting emails first thing in the morning, she sends me a little reminder that there's a priority project that's on my desk that needs to be completed, and I need to be focusing on that now to just to get back on schedule. So, these energy schedules are certainly habits, and it takes weeks, if not a few months, to create new habits but ultimately that will increase our productivity. Results from organizations taking these career energy approaches, uh, the results have showed that the, we actually do see higher levels of employee engagement. We have lower levels of employee turnover, that we have lower employee medical costs, and eventually we generate greater year over year in revenue. So all of these practices that we've mentioned today are, again, multifaceted and very impactful in what we're trying to produce in our careers. We want to thank you for listening in to today's podcast and tuning in to this brief commercial. We want to remind you to visit the CFE website for additional faculty professional development opportunities, such as webinars, coaching, and self-paced modules. Let's get back to the show. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about some different types of stress management techniques, um, two basic categories. We have coping strategies and relaxation techniques. I'll begin with coping strategies first. Um, and then at the end of this podcast, I'll actually um, narrate through three different techniques that you can use throughout your day. 
Um, but I just want to present a few here. Um, this is definitely not um, a full list of the types of coping strategies, but these are some common ones. Um, and you may actually be doing some of them yourself. So for example, journal, journal writing. Some people um, don't even realize that journal writing is a stress management technique. Um, journal writing can allow you to um, clear your mind, um, get rid of some of the things that are in your head. Some people like to talk those things out, but others like to write them out. Um, and it can actually help you focus um, and on one particular thing, whatever it is that you're writing. And that gives your mind a break, your body a break from all the different stuff that might be going on in your head. We have lots of traffic in our head. So trying to learn to focus is, um, you know, using strategies to help us focus is very important. Another one is expressive art therapy. So creating art, again, provides a way to focus on one thing, to clear your mind. And it actually allows you to um, bring out that creative side um, of yourself. We know that um, when we tap into our creative self, that we find joy in that and, and peace and relaxation. So if there's something that you enjoy um, that is creative, um, maybe it's time to start pursuing that, even if it's just one time a week just to get started. Laughing is also a coping strategy. Um, it's not only a distraction, but it can increase your immune cells and blood flow to the tissues in your body. So it has a physiological benefit as well. Another technique is creative problem solving. Um, so these are strategies that can be used individually or as a group and include things that you probably have heard of before, like brainstorming, role playing, a SWOT analysis, which stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats to help solve a problem. Um, problem solving in general can help you identify the stressors in your lives. And when you identify those, you can create tailored types of strategies to help manage them. And some of the things that we're talking about today will could be the strategies that you might use to actually help you um, manage your stressors. There are also a number, there are also a lot of resources on the internet and you might want to, um, you know, look at the Mayo Clinic, for example. They provide some good information about creative problem solving. Reframing or cognitive restructuring um, is used often in counseling, but it is a technique that anybody can use. Um, we use when you use that, you're changing the way you view something um, that is negative um, into something that is more positive. So for example, perhaps you view a project um, for work that you're um, as a stressful thing, which makes you feel then negative about it. When you reframe it, you would look at the project in a different way. For example, um, you might look at what the outcome of the project would be. Once the project is finished, will there be benefits to students? Will there be benefits to the university, your program, et cetera? So it's basically taking some negative view and then re looking at the same situation um, in a more positive light. And then the last um, technique, coping strategy, that for this category um, is resource management. Um, and you're probably most familiar with time management. We 
often use calendars and as we re work remotely, we use our um, email and our um, Microsoft calendars to help organize our days and to send us messages when we have our next um, meeting or project to work on, et cetera. So I think a lot of us have used time management to help us organize our day. Um, but what about money management? We know that money um, is a major stressor in people's lives. And so learning to manage money is an important technique to help um, with that type of stressor. The second category of stress management techniques are relaxation techniques. Relaxation techniques are techniques that actually um, um, counteract the fight or flight response that we get when we're stressed out. That's that sympathetic response that we have, our heart rate increases, um, your breathing increases, you might start sweating, sometimes our stomach starts to feel a little queasy, um, some people sweat more. And so we want to be able to bring that system down um, because it was originally designed um, to fight off, uh, you know, to save ourselves from threats, but it's activated actually by our day-to-day -day activities and it wasn't meant to be activated that way. So we need to find a way to bring that um, fight or flight response down and come back to homeostasis, which is that balance in our body. And we can use relaxation techniques to do that because they do activate the parasympathetic system. So um, some examples of that are diaphragmatic breathing, which we will actually do at the end of this podcast. I'll walk you through a diaphragmatic breathing, um, the technique of diaphragmatic breathing, which uses the breath to help activate um, the parasympathetic system. Breathing of any sort, taking a deep breath in, you probably um, do that once in a while when you're feeling angry or uptight and you know you just automatically do it because it makes you feel better. Um, another types of techniques are meditation and mindfulness and we're actually going to practice that at the end of this podcast as well. So um, mindfulness is being present in the moment. Um, it's not worrying about the past or worrying about the future. It's actually being present in this in this this moment right now, here and now, as you're listening to this podcast, and not thinking about um, all the other things that you need to do or worrying about things that um, need to be done. So, in meditation or prayer, um, which is all in the same category, can help you become present in the moment and to help clear your mind and kind of stop the traffic for just a short you know for a period of time some people it, um, can do it for long periods of time but that takes lots of practice so um, it's one of those types of activities that you want to try and spend a little bit each day even if it's just for a minute or two to um, start to um, you know get better at it another relaxation technique is yoga there are many forms of yoga. Hatha yoga is basically the category that all other yogas fall under um, and includes, the, it's the movement. So it's your asanas and actually moving your body. We will do a little bit of that um, on the podcast as well. I'll be walking you through a, um, a pose for yoga. But yoga has many, many health benefits and there's more research to support the benefits um, in in multiple settings, um, including the clinical setting. 
And then another technique is music therapy. Music therapy is, um, you know, we, I think we don't even realize that that actually is a relaxation technique. We just naturally gravitate to music that makes us feel good. Perhaps it's music from the past that brings up good memories that helps to relax the body, or you just like to listen to certain types of music just to be able to let the day go and relax. So um, if you're already using music therapy, great. And if you haven't thought about it, maybe it would be time to um, bring it back into your life again. Physical activity is um, you would think, oh, how is that a relaxation technique? But it actually is a relaxation technique. It activates the body um, and it gets blood flowing to the muscles around our body and to organs that um, might not be getting very much oxygen and um, blood because we're sitting all day um, working on our computers. Jobs tend to be a little bit sedentary. And so, um, adding a little bit of movement or physical activity can actually be very beneficial to your body and can stimulate a relaxation response, specifically after the physical activity component has ended. You will get a, um, this relaxation response that happens. And it actually um, makes you more um, tolerant to stressors because your body knows how to activate itself and then relax itself rather quickly. Um, and physical activity is great for doing that. But physical activity isn't getting on a treadmill. I just want to, you know, having to go to a gym. It's any kind of movement um, that um, you do, even walking, is physical activity, dancing, um, doing chores around the house. Um, of course, you want to do things that you really enjoy, but um, any type of movement is physical activity. And then another technique is progressive muscular relaxation, also known as PMR. And with this kind of technique, you can do it um, sitting down in a chair, or you're, um, many people like to do it laying um, on their back or on their side. Um, it's a little bit more difficult on the side, but if you can't lay on your back, you certainly can lay on your side if you need to. Or again, you can sit in a chair. And this technique involves contracting muscles and then relaxing the muscles. And uh, generally it starts, you would start with the, the um, contracting the muscles on the lower part of the body and then moving upward until you have completely relaxed all your muscles. And then the last relaxation technique is um, that we have on, that we're gonna discuss today is uh, nature therapy, also known as ecotherapy. Uh, again, this is a, a technique that is really gaining traction, um, and there's research to start to support this even more. And so ecotherapy is being out in nature, um, just taking a hike and not just having the hike where your head is down looking at the trail, but actually out in the woods and, and noticing the trees and the birds and the wildlife and um, this really, it, it, it kind of gives you a little bit of meditation and mindfulness um, when you practice ecotherapy. Um, but it could be anything that's outdoors. Um, I love flowers and birds, and for me to get outside and be able to just look at flowers and birds um, is very um, soothing and helps me relax when I have um, I've had a very stressful day. Okay, a couple of the key takeaways that we wanted to make sure that you are aware of once you leave us today. 
The first one being assessing your energy management skills in the four dimensions of personal energy. And the four dimensions that we talked about, the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And to think about those along with the career um, personal energy. The next thing is creating an energy schedule. Shelly gave you an example of her personal energy schedule, what works for her and what had she had to change in her daily life, but everyone's gonna be different and everyone's gonna have a different energy schedule. So being aware of your own energy schedule and taking an assessment of that. Um, trying one of the new stress management techniques that we talked about, and Tara just went over a, a bunch of different coping strategy and stress management techniques. And at the end of this podcast, we will give you a couple to practice during the podcast. The last one being practice your energy renewal and stress reduction techniques within your energy schedule. And what we want you to do there is to create your own energy schedule, look at your energy schedule, and intertwine and embed those different stress management techniques, um, ways to renew your energy throughout your daily life. And then we have a couple of references that are gonna pop up there. Um, and we want you to just be aware um, that we have references for you if you wanna reach out to any of us for different references. And we are going to um, turn it over to Tara right now. If you are in a place right now where you can relax, sit back, close your eyes and practice some of the stress management techniques that she's gonna go over, please continue to listen. You can also pause this and come back to it when you get home or you're in a quiet place this evening and want to do that. So I'm going to turn it over to Tara to go over a couple of stress management techniques. Thank you, Kirsten. So we're going to start with a movement activity that I spoke about earlier. Um, and it's a yoga pose. And it's something very simple that can be um, used during one of your renewal times during the day, during work. It doesn't take um, very long to do, and it's a full body um, movement. So, um, so what you, I need you to do is start in a standing position and kind of spread your feet apart, shoulder width length, shoulder width um, apart. I want you to feel your toes on the ground. So this would be best if you didn't have any shoes on, if you have a chance um, to take the shoes off and come back to this. And just feel your feet grounded into the floor, feeling very stable, supported by the earth. With your arms at your side, I want you to lift your chest, like lift your heart as you're just kind of bringing it upward and let the shoulders fall away from the ears. Find that stability. Just take a deep breath in and out. And we're gonna begin with our palms together at the heart with that lifted heart. And as you take a deep breath in, we're gonna count one and two. You can do this in your mind. Take a deep breath in. We're gonna reach our arms up over our head and find lots of length in the spine. Really spread the fingers. And as you exhale, which will be a little bit longer, a four count down, bring your palms together and slowly lower and hinge at the hips until you come into a fold. Bring your hands towards your feet. Be sure to bend your knees very generously. You don't need to keep your legs straight and create lots of space in the spine. So just imagining space between each vertebra. Just take a breath in and out there. And then on 
your next in breath, you're gonna, with your knees bent, you're gonna bring your arms like you're gonna kind of grab the sun. So a big circle with your arms, slowly rolling your spine all the way up, reaching your arms up overhead again. And this time we're just gonna bring them back to our heart center again. So what I'd like to do for three more cycles, we're gonna go through the up and down, up and down three times without stopping. So let's take a deep breath in, really grounding your feet into the earth. Arms come nice and wide, spread your fingers up over your head. Exhale, forward fold, hinge at the hips, bend your knees and let your feet, your hands come down towards your feet. You do not need to touch your toes. And as you breathe in again, we're gonna bend the knees, roll the spine all the way up, kind of grab that sun, just big hug around the sun. Exhale, forward fold, bend your knees, and let your arms and head hang down towards the earth. Let's take another deep breath in, bending your knees, pushing up, rolling through your spine reaching your arms overhead. And this time we're gonna bring our palms together and bring them right down to our heart center. Take a deep breath in and out. And then let your arms come to your side. So this is a movement activity. It's a um, yoga pose called Uttanasana forward fold. And when you come up to the top, it's Hasta Uttanasana. So maybe you could do this um, five times, um, the up and down five times, a couple times a day um, during one of those re-energized renewal periods. Another technique that you can use is a breathing technique called diaphragmatic breathing. This technique can be done in a chair or it can be done while lying on your back. I'll just walk us through um, like you were sitting in a chair. So just make sure that you are um, in a safe place, comfortable, um, and um, we'll begin here. So in, being seated in this chair, I want you to feel your feet on the earth, spread your toes, really lengthen your spine, Make sure your head is centered right over the top of your um, shoulders. You don't want your head forward or back. Next, place one hand on your belly and the other one on your chest. If you're comfortable, close your eyes. If that doesn't feel comfortable, just softly gaze towards the ground in front of you. We're gonna take a deep breath in through your nose. And I want you to feel your belly push your hand out and your mind slowly count one, two as you breathe in. Your chest should not move. As you exhale slowly through your nose or you could purse your lips, you should feel your hand um, go down on your belly. And in your mind, you should be counting one, two, three, four. So always a little bit slower as you exhale. So let's repeat this three more times, the diaphragmatic breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. 
One, two, exhale slowly through your nose. One, two, three, four. Breathing in for two. Exhale for four, three, two, one. Inhale for two, one, two. Exhale for four, three, two, one. So maybe repeat this, you know, three to five times, um, maybe, maybe even 10 times a day. Um, you can use it to help if you're feeling a little angry about something or frustrated, um, just any types of feeling of stress. The diaphragmatic breathing is a very quick way to activate the parasympathetic system. The last technique we're going to do is mindfulness. So mindfulness, there's many different ways to practice it. You can actually do walking mindfulness activities where you're just walking slowly and paying attention to everything around you. You can eat mindfully. So anything can be done mindfully, but this is a technique where we do the see, hear, feel, and smell. And we start with the outward world first. So um, to begin this, you would want to be seated or you could be standing. It's just more comfortable to be seated um, and maybe just having resting your hands on your thighs. So focus your attention on the outside world. I'm gonna have you name um, things that you can see, hear, feel, and smell. And we'll begin with see first. So in your mind, name three things that you can see right now, wherever you're at. Maybe you can see a table, a light fixture, your children playing, the trees outside the window. What are three things that you can see right now? What about here? What are three things that you can hear? Maybe the air conditioner, telephone, cars going by, birds, three things that you can hear. What are three things that you can feel? Maybe your feet on the floor or the chair, you feel the chair. Maybe your clothes touching your skin. Three things that you can feel. And lastly, what are three things that you can smell? Maybe you're cooking something. Maybe you smell some perfume. Or maybe you don't smell anything at all, but just notice three things that you can smell or not smell. After you've done that, after you've noticed everything going on around you, let's turn your attention inward. So when you turn your attention inward, you wanna notice your body and any physical sensations that you feel. Maybe you have a little ache in your lower back, something in your neck. 
or you're just hungry. Our bodies are always telling us and sending us messages. We just don't take the time sometimes to listen to our bodies. Tells us when we're hungry, tells us when we're tired, tells us um, when we're hurt. We just need to listen. So just take a few moments just to notice your body, any physical sensations, and even your breath. What does your breath feel like as you breathe in? Can you feel it moving past the, your, your passages in your nose and down the back into your lungs? So this technique um, is very, very helpful for being present. It's very difficult to be thinking about other things going on when you're focusing your attention on what you can see, hear, feel, or smell. And then when you bring that attention inward, just paying attention to your body and letting it know that you care um, and you want to know what's going on with it can help you kind of clear all that other stuff that we have in our heads and all humans experience it. We all have traffic that is difficult to stop in our minds. So um, I encourage you to use these three techniques, um, you know, whenever you can, maybe you want to choose one of them that it just really speaks to you. And you can use that during your renewal time um, based on your energy cycle. So I want to thank you all for listening. And um, there are so many amazing types of techniques out there that can really improve the quality of your life. And I encourage everyone um, to, to seek those out and at least try the three that we just walked through. I want to thank you very much. Doctors Tar Galleon, Kirsten Lupinski, and Shelley Armstrong provided great insight on how we can all manage our energy rather than our time. We hope that you apply the tips you've learned today and begin integrating them into your own personal schedules. Thanks for listening to our Center for Faculty Excellence, My Faculty Podcast. Until next time.